just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. They might have to change their cleats. Puck filled it out to 24 by Shahid. Uh -oh. Shahid across midfield. Shahid is going to take this all the way for a Saints touchdown. 76 yards. The speed of Rashid Shahid pops out on film. Every time he touches the ball, you hold your breath because you're like, oh, you think a big play is going to happen. You almost expect it. it what up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by Zapardo's Family Market and AGI Valves. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. Our imaginary producer, Bryce, is here on this darkest of days as the Saints fall to 2-1 and one after shitting in their big boy pants and blowing a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, y'all, as we were discussing immediately prior to hitting record, the loss is actually our fault because none of us wore the same outfit that we've been wearing for the first two weeks. Uh, Bryce, if he indeed does exist, wore the same shirt, but I wore a new polo and a new hat. Sean wore Packers colors, and Allison wore a different shirt. So it's on us, y'all. We did it. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Please direct your Twitter death threats to me. Um, it'll be more attention I get on Twitter than I normally do anyway. So I welcome it. Um, all right, let's jump right into it. Saints lose 18 to 17. Uh, Sean, what was BS about this game? See, now that's some bullshit. Aside from literally everything that happened. Oh man, where to start? Um, feeling like it's Groundhog's Day again uh, after Derek Carr went down with what we now know to be like an AC joint sprain um, and will miss some period of time. Kind of feels like deja vu from the past couple seasons where we were kind of dead on arrival with uh, without our starting quarterback. Um, went down to injury and uh, offense just sputtered in the second half and if we even got a field goal um, on any of our drives uh, with Jameis under center, we win that game, um, but we couldn't do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say it's BS, man. It's all BS, like literally all of it is bullshit. It's a steaming pile of bullshit. Yeah. Allison, what do you think? Yeah, it's hard to pick one thing. Um, I think an important thing for like longevity of season, as Sean pointed out, is the injury is is brutal. But even before Derek Carr's injury, the offensive line continues to be BS. Yeah, we had a few glimmering moments of like good running game, which like I was baffled that they didn't 
continue with when we put Jamison. It was like we actually just threw the ball like 90% of the time with our backup quarterback, and I didn't appreciate that. I think I was talking to my brother before the game, like we really felt it would be a big Taysom game again. Like we talked about this a ton last week, and they really didn't lean on him in the times that they did. He was really efficient. Like I just thought they should have particularly – when Carr went down, just like doubled down on that with mm-hmm. a 17 to nothing lead. And instead we continued to throw it and go three and out and like leave all this time on the clock for them to come back. It was, it was mind boggling. Like, of course the defense was tired and like they were targeting. I can't even pronounce that other corner's name. Isaac, Isaac Yadam. Isaac Yadam. Yeah. <laughs> like I, all of it is BS, but I do, I don't want it to go down without noting that like our offense was BS before Derek Carr went down. And then it was even more BS that we didn't lean into what was working before he did, which was like a relatively good run game. Um, And then we did, I'll get to this later, but like Olave continues to be a star, but like they were just putting it on Jameis to like air it out. And like, it wasn't the right decision-making when you're up 17 to zero. It was great. Like I don't it was think we so crazy. Did we run the ball one time after Jameis there was one Taysom run game? in this and after Jameis went in like one and it was yeah. for fifteen yards. <laughs> like yeah. why wouldn't you do it again? Uh, Taysom only had four carries the whole game, um, and I think I saw some stats. Talked was about like, the stats: seven carries. Yeah, right, and I think I saw just like we did have our struggles run blocking um, early on, but it seemed like. We started it started opening up a little bit, um, and in the second half, I think we did average like four yards a carry, something like that. But on some key um, third and shorts, we tried some passes that were like had no chance. Um, and you don't want to at least try to run there. Uh, very frustrating. Did not love Pete's play calling um, at all. And uh, yeah, the offensive line man just continues to be a major, major struggle. Like Derek Carr, you could, you could argue whether or not that sack was his fault. Uh, He did have actually a a ton of time to throw on that play, but it was honestly just a matter of time before he did get hurt um, with all, like, I mean, he's gotten sacked four times a game, every game. And we've only played three games Um, and he didn't finish this game. Who knows how many more sacks he would have taken. Uh, I think Jameis got sacked once um, when he came in. But, um, yeah, the uh, amount of money and draft capital that we have invested in our offensive line, um, it's inexcusable with how much this offensive line has struggled. Um, Second year with Doug Marone as our offensive line coach, and I ranted to y'all via text before we got on podcast recording but the fact that Dennis Allen looked at his coaching staff after last season in what is ostensibly a make or break year um, for his career and decided you know um, I really feel that I need to overhaul the defensive coaching staff um, and uh, bring in like my guys who I align with maybe more philosophically as opposed to being like having Sean Payton's holdovers in there. Fine. Understandable. And to his credit, to an extent, uh, it's paid off. The defense has continued its very strong play from last season, um, playing even better in some regards. 
But uh, the flip side of that is that we returned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we returned every single offensive coach from last season's disastrous offense. We just decided to run it back and trust that our improvements in terms of like personnel and presumably injury luck would just create a better offense. And uh, just seeing it laid bare once Derek Carr went down that like it's the same, it was the same offense from last year that couldn't even get a field goal in how many drives do we have after Derek Carr went down? Uh, it was just, man, um, just really disappointing. And uh, six, six drives. And yeah. also, uh, in total in the game, we threw the ball 34 times and only ran it 22, which yeah. also like 56 plays is not a lot of plays. No, it's not. Um, well, one of our touchdowns was. A pump, like I just like our offense. When you hold teams under twenty points, what is it now? Eleven consecutive games. Yeah, you shouldn't be going five hundred, which I think we're six and five. Like yeah. that's garbage. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say especially something. with the talent that we have. <laughs> right. This is I arguably think- the best receiving core that we've had. Do you know that Rashid Shahid has the most all-purpose yards in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, after Raheem Mostert's insane day, I don't know if well, that's true. Well, you know, but... they, they announced it before <laughs> that game. Fine. But even if he's second to him, it's like, how? how? Yeah, he needs to be featured more. He didn't have any, any uh, catches today. He's targeted twice. He was wide fucking open yeah. on that deep ball that Derek yeah, Hart was, was about to threw right to the other team. I'm going to say something that is probably going to seem really obvious, but like I feel like last year and then now again, we're like picking apart these individual micro decisions, play calling at the end of games, the play of these post breeze quarterbacks and the offensive line. But I think the truth is we, we were buoyed by Drew Brees. Like yeah. this coaching staff maybe wasn't as good as everybody thought it was. Sean Payton obviously isn't what he used to be uh, after that epic loss today. We'll get to that later. And like now I'm wondering, like even in the, the 2017 like post um, – 2017 draft class renaissance like was that offensive line even any good or was drew Brees just incredible mm-hmm. like was drew Brees the reason why was he the sole reason why we were like incredible on offense and like a successful team and everybody else just sucked and now we're just seeing like these mediocre players like laid bare like sean said also, fuck Blake Groupie. He missed a field goal. We could have won the well, game. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but also goal. we can't ignore that we had the opportunity to take yeah. the end. Yeah. It's hard for me to be too hard on Groupie. Um, I mean, the offense, like, he should have never been put in that position in, like, the larger context of everything. Um, I mean, it's never good to miss a game-winning field goal. When we threw goal. on that second down, I was so angry. Yeah. 
Like you yeah. should have just run every fucking down. You were on the 30. He right. would have kicked from the same place. Right. And there would have been less time. Like, um, it's just like you. <sighs> everything about this game was head scratching. And it's not like things were just like pathetic. Like it, I, I didn't feel like we were watching the 2023 Bengals that just like can't move the ball. Like we were moving the ball and drives would sputter like at the middle of the field or like just outside of field goal range. Like we continue to like rack up yardage. Our receivers are continuing to like fill up the stat sheet, but we're just not scoring points. Yeah. And uh, that's the only stat that really matters. Yeah. Well, and on the last, one of the last drives in the fourth quarter that the Packers had, we had 67 penalty yards. Yes, that was a horrible, horrible play. I didn't. And it was intentional. Like, even Vilma, who's usually a homer, was like, they're literally trying to get penalty yards off of Isaiah. What's Isaac? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That, that, that's also something I, I don't remember if I, ranted to you guys about this also but the whole isaac yadam starting thing is really really frustrating to me he played well to an extent and he had four pass breakups but they targeted him relentlessly so unless he was like a total dumpster fire he was bound to have at least a few breakups um but he also obviously gave up the game losing touchdown and had a few back-breaking penalties um if if we hadn't gotten rid of Bradley Roby, which at the time we all thought was a very head scratching move, Isaac Yadam doesn't see the field. Um, I feel like it was arrogance by Dennis Allen and the defensive minded coaching staff that is now like in control of our team to say, oh, you know, like we just love, we love Paulson. We love, uh, we love, Alante Taylor, the young guy's potential, like Bradley Roby's a known quantity. Um, I think we're, we're okay to save a, not even any real money and move on from him. Like we knew that our top three corners weren't going to play all 17 games. We knew that there would be an injury. Sure enough, week three, Paulson Debo doesn't play today because of a hamstring injury. Who knows how long he's out for. Um, and so we have to start Isaac Yadam outside and like, I, who knows? I would rather start Bradley Roby, who has a ton more experience than a guy who's like a career journeyman um, also, in a situation like this. They weren't even playing their top receiver. Right. Like, they don't yeah, have Christian Watson wasn't talent. even there. So, like, we have to play talented wide receiving cores later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, really frustrating. Got to hope Paulson Debo comes back. I I don't know. Or start Alonzo Taylor outside and put someone else in the nickel because yeah, I don't want to have Isaac Yadam be a starting cornerback for the rest of the season. Um, very, very, very frustrating stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, we will get torched by Mike Evans and Chris Godwin next week. If they play like they did today. Well, maybe not by Mike Evans, but Godwin on whoever gets trotted out there. Um, was anything about this game not BS? I mean, Chris Olave, yeah, 
is like on track to be the best receiver in Saints history. <laughs> but um, he's unbelievable, incredible talent. Um, Michael Thomas and like pla- he's casual. Again. He's yeah. just like the way he caught that one-handed catch and was just like, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Another great catch. Another week. Another highlight reel catch. And another yeah. hundred-yard game that didn't even feel like it. You know. Like it's just like he just like does it and it, it almost feels like insignificant. But like when you look around the NFL, he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. I think part of that is he uh, hasn't scored a touchdown. But not many people on our team have. No. So, womp, um, womp. Kendra Miller in his debut uh, played pretty well. Um, only nine carries. Uh only 34 yards, but had some, some flash runs. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, <laughs> I didn't really have to do much of this game, but next week we get a healthy and motivated Alvin Kamara back. Um, much needed spark, hopefully to the offense and, um, yeah, hopefully we can get a few wins without Tara Connor. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, the the first half defense deserves recognition. Like, there's only so yeah. much they can do to carry the team through an entire game of. I mean, the second half offense did absolutely nothing, and they did their part for the last. What do you call it five halves. You know, yeah. they like kind of had to fold at the end there, and I don't even count the touchdown that Carolina scored on them. So, like, it's really like still one of the staunchest defenses in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we don't yeah. wish Isaac Yadam was starting, but, like, they are an elite group. In three weeks, the Saints defense has allowed two meaningful touchdowns, which is a pretty incredible statistic. Yeah, we were missing it, two starters today for secondary. Yeah, it, it's it's such a weird – this was such a weird fucking game because, like – so much of it was frustrating, but we played well enough to win. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a original take, but it really did seem like a carbon copy of the uh, Tampa game last year. But I mean, honestly though, like as frustrating as it was, if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, we win that fucking game. Like yeah. I refuse yeah. to believe totally. that we don't score at least three points after he goes down, you know? So yeah, like, like, well, it's a hundred percent because we would have stuck to the same game plan that my issue is with the offensive coaches, just like throwing that in the trash. Mm-hmm. Yes. As soon as Jameis came in, it's yes. like, we, we had a functional game plan and you threw it in the trash. Yeah. Like, so, and that's yeah. why we went three and out for the entire second half. Right. Like, so on one hand, part of Derek Carr's value besides his like, actual skills is that for better or for worse the coaching staff and his teammates believe in him like similarly not the same way but like similarly to how they believed in drew that like i mean those viral audio clips from the the titans games like freaking run and like we're going to throw it deep and like all that stuff like they believe that like we could take a deep shot on like a must need like third and five and like go deep and like seal the game like whatever 
And so when he goes out, that belief goes away um, for better and for worse. And whether that's more an indictment on the coaching staff or on like his replacement, in this case, Jameis himself, is like up for debate. But what you can debate is the, like the fact that we didn't have like a backup plan. Like, like that we were like so disoriented by Derek Carr leaving that we didn't have like we just like totally went to a shell and that, that Dennis allowed Dennis Allen allowed us to go into a shell that say like, okay, we've got a great defense. We just got to like, we've got a three score lead. We just got to like not lose the game. And, but even then, like the logical thing would be to just run the ball. Right. Exactly. exactly. Like it just like actually doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Particularly because we were running the ball ineffectively for like the first quarter, but we continued yeah. to do it to just like establish it. So then to just like, walk away from it was like so infuriating to me right like and it didn't track to just like basic game management right forget who's in the pocket like forget right. it like it just is like didn't make any sense that you're up by three scores like you're right it's like okay i know that game planning in the nfl in a week in week out basis is like a tightly choreographed deal where it's like okay like these are the plays we feel good about we've practiced them like pretty hard and like deviating from that is like it's very non-kosher for it for whatever reason for a lot of these like routine-based coaches but the fact that we have a cheat code like Taysom Hill sitting on our bench for the most part and that we couldn't scheme him more than four carries in a game where we needed to run clock and move the chains is like really, really frustrating. And like, we have it in our toolkit, like the Seattle game last year, where he ran for like 200 yards or whatever. Like we can do that. We have those plays. Like why, couldn't we at least try it like on so so yeah that's the frustrating part and it just all goes back i know i'm like ranting right now but like it just goes back to like the conclusions that we talked about ad nauseum from last year that like pete carmichael is not the guy and the job the guy whose job it is to make that call, whether he is the guy or not, Dennis Allen, the fact that he like can't or won't make that call means he's not the guy. So like we need like, man, ah, I don't know, dude. It's just frustrating. And we'll see. Like, I know like this is like, maybe I mean, the second half was bad coaching versus good coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. Like they, for sure saw an opportunity, changed their game plan and executed yeah. on it and they won the game. Yeah. It is funny though. I mean, yeah, just, I don't know. I, Jordan Love still like, didn't like blow me away. No, I don't think like, he's incredible, but I think that Matt LaFleur yeah. 
immediately pivoted and they succeeded in like, no matter how good or bad you are, like coming back from that deficit in the fourth quarter is a difficult task. For sure. And I mean, you, you, you credited him going into this game as like, I mean, at, at least on terms of like win percentage, like one of the best coaches in the NFL, like history, I guess, technically. But um, and I will like majorly tip my cap to him uh, for that call to go for two on yeah. their first touchdown. Um, I had to think about it for a second. But I mean, Vilma on the broadcast no, I think it was, explained it. Yeah. And it was and it ended up being the right call because it, the fact that they got it and then they just kicked the extra point to go up one on their second touchdown that if you really want to game it out, maybe Blake groupie, like that's the difference between groupie kicking, uh, like less pressure game tied to win kick versus a, you got to make this what we're going to lose kick. Yeah. And maybe that little difference was the difference between him making and missing. So who knows how far LaFleur and his staff game, game that out, but, um, can't really say man but yeah just yeah really really frustrating really disappointing um but uh yeah we'll we'll see if our our guy da uh you know learns grows adapts when presented with adverse situations like he was unable to do last year yeah Um, i i will say that through the first two and a half games this didn't resemble the team from last year. Like there were not a lot of really dumb penalties, dumb turnovers, just like some shoddy offensive line play, but a team that was able to make clutch plays when they had to. Yeah. And I think what scares me moving forward is that's probably a product of Derek Carr to a degree. And now that he's going to be out for two to six weeks, some, something in that range, what does this team look like during right. that time? You 100%. know, and maybe this is a good time to talk about the future. Like we play the Buccaneers next Sunday, who are two and zero. They play on Monday night, um, which, as of this recording, is tomorrow night. And I don't really know what to make of them at this yeah. point in the season because they've played two not great teams in the Vikings and the, the bears got absolutely slaughtered in Kansas city today. Vikings are zero and three now also. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to tell if yeah. the bucks are fools gold. We'll find out. They good. play the Eagles, right? So yes, they play the we'll Eagles, but um, like generally like what does Jameis, well, what does this team have to do to win in Derek Carr's absence and, how worried are you about our prospects for the next month or so? Because I'm, I'm staring into the abyss right now. Yeah. And I don't like Jameis looked okay today. He really did. He He honestly did. Like he did enough ish. It, to me, it was the play calling. Yeah. Yeah. Play, Play calling has to change. Um, and, so like it, I feel like we're talking in circles here because it like all comes back to like the offensive coaching staff and it's like okay, we have a new quarterback for this next two three four five whatever weeks, we need to like you can't have the same week in and week out playbook that you had for Derek Carr. They don't have the same strengths. Um, you gotta 
you got to adjust your game plan to Jameis's strengths, whatever we feel they may be. Like we said, Alvin's coming back. Knock on wood for now. We do have a healthy receiving core. Um, so it, it, it is actually kind of funny. Like this has the potential for now, at least to be like the, like that Jameis one of one Jameis, like super fan guy on Twitter. Like, who, like is in the replies follow. of every, like, so much. it's he's He's a legitimately crazy person. Um, he's uh, he's reached out to me before. Cause I wrote an article yeah. about Jameis a couple years ago and he, Amazing. he, he commended yeah. me. He doesn't hate me. He hates some of the other podcasters. Oh yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He's he doesn't, blocked by um, quite a few other like saints media folks. He's been, but, he's been nice to yeah. me so far, but yeah. hope, hopefully we don't run afoul of him because Jameis plays well. Right. Well, so like technically we're about to plop Jameis Winston in the middle of an otherwise healthy Saints offense with Alvin Kamara coming back. Um, Cesar Ruiz got knocked out today, but I think it was just a concussion. Um, so chance he plays next week, maybe, but in any case, we have Andrews Pete, who for all his faults could, you could do a lot worse to have him be your backup interior O lineman. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll see how, like, this is kind of like put up or shut up for Jameis. I mean, for better or worse. worse, you guys. Like, yeah, it, it could be so much worse from like a backup standpoint. Yes. Like, also, I really believed in him. Like he just was injured last year. Yes, I was about to say we should also keep in mind that when he was playing big time doo doo football in the first couple of games last season, his back was broken. Yes. So he is healthy, and hopefully, will look more like the Jameis that went five and two. He's playing for his career. Yeah. Like and, truly. And maybe we do lean into Taysom like ground game and like even more, um, and just like try to get get like get creative. Like we mentioned on the last pod, like uh, in the Carolina game, we ran some of those like toss sweeps uh, to, to or toss plays to Taysom, and like dial up a pass off of those. I mean, you can't like base an offense of that, but like just like be creative, man. Like you almost like have to be creative. And I just I want to see like show me something. Pete Carmichael, like show me something, Dennis Allen, like that you're like encouraging this creativity. Um, and that we're not just going to like try to hover around um, like and rely on Derek Carr coming back to like make a climb back in our division race. Cause like our schedule is still pretty bad on paper. Like the division is still pretty bad on paper. Like, if the rest we of can, division lost today too. So yeah, yeah, if the Bucks lose, we'll still be tied for first. Yes. So, so it, like I was trying to say, like I mean, a lot of this doom and gloom is recency bias to an extent. Um, like, I'm glad we did wait a few hours to record until the news that like Derek Carr's not going to have to have his like shoulder amputated or something. Like he's going to be back um, after some time. So like. Our season's not over, but um, yeah, but yeah. So we'll see. It's I mean, Groundhog Day, but we'll see. we'll see. Like put up or shut up. Come on, guys. Uh, do we dare make predictions about the Bucks game? I'm gonna. I'm. I was right. Uh, unfortunately, I was right that we lost this game. I predicted we would lose. I mean, it's it is kind of tough to go up to Lambeau and and play against a really well coached team. Although I will say. I have been to Lambeau Field, not for a Packers game, but for an LSU game. 
and that place is a dump. Uh, Green Bay is like if Gonzales, Louisiana existed uh, just outside of Chicago. Um, <laughs> so no offense to if we have any listeners from Gonzales, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, or maybe like uh, I don't know, Lutcher or something. I don't think we have any listeners from Lutcher. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that we win. We're gonna beat we're gonna beat the Bucks at home. Jameis is gonna get his revenge, and maybe we'll blow out Devin White's knee this year. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I like I I think the Bucks will get exposed on Monday Night Football by a much better Eagles team, and then like they're they're going on the road on a short week. Um, I think Alvin's return is gonna fire us up to an extent. Uh, I think. We'll bounce back also, Saints well. fans love Jameis. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Saints bar like, went crazy when he went him. in today. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like, I was texting my brother. Like, we used to call him the Sponge. You guys know this? We talked about this in the pod. And it's like SpongeBob memes all around. Like, he just like sat around Drew, absorbed everything. He's a sponge. He's got all this knowledge. He's healthy. He just needs yeah. to be game planned around effectively yeah and unfortunately we led with this i don't have a ton of confidence around that but i hope they prove me wrong yeah yeah we need uh we need Jameis winston to be the the avatar for drew earth wind air fire i will never forget the throw he threw in the playoffs covid year and i was like give me him (laughs) all day every day that was okay. like sponge memes all around. He can do it. He can do it. He was the top pick. Yeah. I, Heisman, for God's sakes. He has the physical tools. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was putting it all together before he got hurt in 2021 and then got hurt again last year. So, yeah. Yeah, his LASIK right. hasn't had enough time. Hey, LASIK can degenerate, so maybe it degenerated, and then he got new LASIK. And we should uh, wrap this up because <laughs> we cannot forget about Goatee Watch. Allison, no, were you able can't. to properly evaluate? It looked like he shaved it a little, so now yeah. I'm not sure what we want. <laughs> I, I, I honestly was... think you're right, though. We got to just to take it back to like actual X's and O's. Derek Carr wouldn't have gotten hurt, we would have won. So I still think we want a clean shaven DA for the good of the team. Yeah. I was uh I was trying to to look I wonder if it's in his head. Um you think he just wakes up and is like today I'm gonna shave it? I don't know, maybe it's his maybe his wife makes the decisions. But like house. he's been in Lambo for like a day and he just woke up today and was like that's true. Um, yeah, I was a little distracted by his man boobs. They were like really, uh, they, they were really they were prevalent in that gold shirt. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got to go. So, uh, well, anyway, Allison, I predict that we win. Yes. I hope yes. you're right. Um, for Allison and Sean and Bryce. I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Bootcrew Media.
sponsored by AGI Specialty Valves, the pump protection valve experts with over 35 years of experience. AGI Specialty Valves is the number one supplier of automatic recirculation valves for pump protection. It's my favorite type of valves. Don't let preventable pump failures cost you. Contact AGI Specialty Valves at 832-485-0003 or info at agivalves.com. We are also sponsored by Zapato's Family Market. Uh, <laughs> it makes a difference when the owners are there. A big difference. You know, when the Saints lay a fudge bar on the field, you can just head on down to Zapato's and pick up Bluebell Fudge Bars, two for $9, 12-pack. Go get them now. All right. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?